out of the way now because I've already received so many comments. <laughs> My team did not make it to the Super Bowl, but this is the one football thing I got gifted, so this is the one thing I'm going to proudly wear today on Super Bowl Sunday. But I want to welcome you, for those of you joining us online, so glad you're here. Um, I have a question for you. Have you ever been exposed? Let me give you more context or like, what are you talking about? I don't know if I feel comfortable answering that question. Um, but this week, I was sharing with a friend, we, we met over coffee, and I was sharing with her that becoming a parent has exposed me. See, I didn't know how impatient I truly was until I was required to move at the pace of a toddler. And I didn't know how easily anger I could get until the infant I was stressfully trying to feed decided to vomit all the breast milk I had worked so hard to pump. I really got angry that time. And I realized that this is super early for me in the parenting journey. Um, where my kid isn't talking back or making decisions without my input yet. Um, so, I, you know, I have a lot to learn. But just a few weeks ago, we were um, on the way from um, the uh, San Diego or Santa Ana Airport to Portland, and we were at the gate. The gate was full. Everybody was there just waiting to board. And my sweet girl decides to act a little salty. See, the gate is packed. Like I said, everyone's waiting. And Carlos decides that this is a good time for him to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so there I am with a hot Americano coffee in one hand as I'm trying to manage Charlie with my other hand, right? And while we were there, um, you know, we, we had woken up early to make it to the airport in time. And we still hadn't had a chance to feed her, and the breakfast sandwich that we wanted to feed her was way too hot for her to eat, so we told her she had to wait. She wasn't happy with that, you know? But you know, parents know that your first priority, when, especially when having a kid that's, you know, zero to five years old, you just want to keep them alive, right? <laughs> that is your goal. Just make it to the next thing, so you want to keep them from getting burnt, you want to keep them from getting electric, you know, like all those things. So I'm trying to keep her safe. I don't want her to get burned. So I'm telling her to wait. She didn't like the decision. So I decided, okay, you know what? She, she's, she's being really fussy on the stroller. She's probably tired of sitting down. I'm going to give her a little break. Get her out of the stroller. You know, I know. Someone knows where this is going. <laughs> New mom here. New mom here, by the way. But so she, she, her, she loves exploring. So she's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start to explore all over this place. And so I'm telling her, no, Charlie, stay close. And remember, I have my coffee in one hand. I have the diaper bag on my back. And so I'm, I'm pretty full, right? So I'm trying to manage her with one hand. And here I am. And so she decides, like, no, I want to go explore over there where I'm not supposed to cross, where the, the attendant people are that you're not supposed to be until they check you in. And I was like, Charlie, no, come back. So I'm over here trying to pull her with one hand, and she's pulling on me, and she decides this is a good time for her to twirl and scream, and the whole thing starts where she starts yelling like a toddler would because mommy is not letting her do whatever she wants. And I'm like, oh, boy. I could just feel every eye on me. I'm like, I am being so judged right now. I know it. I know it. Every parent here is just like, what is up with this girl? 
Well, you know, um, I just, I, I've, been, I've been there. I felt vulnerable, and I felt exposed in front of those whole gate. Like, you know, I just knew. Um, and, and during this whole time, my sweet husband is living it up in the bathroom. He's <laughs> having the best time. Women, do you ever wonder why it takes so long? You know, is it just me? Okay, I'm kidding. I'm just I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hate him. I, I, did, I did ask for his permission before sharing that part of the story. But see, that is very human and the real side of parenting. Your anger will get exposed. Your insecurity will be exposed and your lack of patience. So welcome to this faith community that we call Evergreen Christian Center. <laughs> My name's Ilcian, and along with Carlos, we get to lead this church, and we are so glad that you're joining us on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, and I'm going to say this now. Go Chiefs! Woo! All right, I, I knew. If you're watching online, would you comment who you're cheering for? Let us know in the comments. Who are you cheering on today? But, you know, today we continue our series on parenting. <laughs> that got some emotion. I knew it would. Um, we, we're continuing our series inspired by Andy and Sandra Stanley's book, Parenting, Getting It Right. And as Andy states, this is for anyone who is a parent, about to be a parent, hopes to be a parent. Maybe you're helping another parent. Parent, perhaps you're watching your own kid's parent. And actually, this series is for anyone who feels the weight and responsibility of equipping a child, a middle school or high school student for life. And if you're part of this church, it's part of what we do. We want to be about kids, and we want to be about you, so this is important to us. So this is my disclaimer before we go any further. I am very new at this parenting thing, so I'm not standing up here talking from experience. I have no experience. Like, honestly, I don't. So what I'm going to share to you is out of um, the wisdom shared by others that have gone before me, and it's the foundation that we see that Jesus lays down for relationships. And the foundation that Jesus laid is in the New Testament. We find it in Mark chapter 12, verses 29 through 31. And it says this, the most important commandment is this, listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. So Jesus says it's about love. And the Hebrew word for love here is ahava. And ahava, it is not the warm, fuzzy feeling that most Valentine's movies are about, right? Happy Valentine's Day, by the way. But this biblical love is about action. See what the author Bob Goff defines in his book as love does. A love that Paul, the author of the book of Corinthians, writes when he says, love is patient, love is kind, it does not 
envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily anger. It keeps no record of wrongs. It has no receipts. That's what it's saying. A love that is about the other, a love that honors others. The love that is shown through Jesus, the Son of God. It's that kind of love. A love that is needed especially for this day and age where kids are experiencing and facing record levels of anxiety, depression, and loneliness. Because it's his perfect love that casts away all fear. See, parenting at this moment in history takes a lot of confidence in God in his Holy Spirit, and his word. You can't do it alone, parents. So I want to start with what Jesus quoted in the Gospels. That was also what the ancient Israelites called the Shema. And the Shema was a daily prayer that is still recited by Jewish people today. And it's one of the most recited prayers. And it's found in Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through nine. And it says this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Does that sound familiar? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. But there is a second part to that prayer, and it says this in verse seven, impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads, write them on your door frames of your houses and on your gates. So that verse, verse 7, when it says impress them on your children is another way to say teach them diligently to your children. And for children to be able to learn, right? Teachers, educators know this, and hopefully parents do too, or maybe you're learning this for the first time. You need to understand about their development, where the children are, where your child, where your kid is in their development. Because what works in one stage of development will not work in the next stage. And the thing is that kids move from one stage to the next stage seamlessly, without any effort. But for parents, the transition takes conscious effort. You have to put a lot of work into transitioning. Sandra Stanley says this, if you don't evolve your parenting as your child develops, you undermine your influence with your child. So it's important that we learn to move from this stage to the next. But it's most likely where a lot of parents get stuck or get confused and they don't know what stage they're in and where we need help moving from stage to stage with our kids. For me, as a Latina girl raised by a Latina mom, the stage that I felt lasted for way too long was the chancla stage. <laughs> this stage. You guys know what a chancla is? It's a flip-flop, a sandal, right? So this is, this is well-known in the Latino world. Like, you're not listening or you're, like, giving your mouth mom lip. 
Like the sandal just comes off, and it's like a karate, just throws it, and like, you better watch out, you better duck, you know, like, and, and like, honestly, that's the way it was with my mom. Sometimes it was a chancla, sometimes it was a spatula, like, I don't know, she was just very, very karate, you know? Um, but I just remember just like not, not, not liking that. And I felt like it lasted for way too long. But the truth is like my mom and I, I didn't grow up with my mom. For the first seven years of my life, I was in Guatemala with my grandma. So my grandma raised me for the first few years of my life. So I completely missed the whole discipline thing with my mom. So she was making up for it. She's like, don't worry, girl, I got you, you know? And so when I moved here, she was definitely helping me learn about discipline. And I remember in my teen years when this discipline lasted way too long, I show up with my report card. And there is one grade in there that is not an A. And my mom was expecting A's. And I knew that there wasn't an A, but I didn't have a chance to like tell her, to talk about it, to explain it. It was like, you're gonna get a whooping, girl. And I was just so angry as a teenager. And I just remember I stood there and I was like, are you done? Because it just wasn't working for me. This was not changing. It wasn't gonna help my grade get any better. Like, and I just remember thinking like, yeah, this isn't working for me but I'm glad it's, you know, working for you, mama. Like, it just wasn't. So we have to know what stage, and we can't be in one stage for too long. We've got to be able to move on to the next stage. And it's important that we follow the order of these stages according to studies and development and all that good stuff. Um, and so, you know, it was, it was in that stage, and, and um, it's important to know. And sometimes what happens, too, is we, like, get the stages messed up. We think, like, oh, the friendship stage comes when your kids are... 14 or 15, no, that's not the friendship stage. That is the coaching stage. The friendship stage comes later when they're 18 or older. So sometimes a lot of parents want to be their friend, want to be in the friendship stage when really they should be in the coaching stage. So it's important to know and to trust the Holy Spirit to help you. But last week, we learned about your it, discovering your it with your kids. And if you missed it, you can watch the Evergreen YouTube channel or the Apple podcast, but you got to find out what your North Star is when it comes to parenting. And what the authors of the book described it as parenting is they parent with the relationship in mind. For them, it was about relationship. They wanted to be with their kids even when their kids were grown up and didn't want to be with them anymore. Like they wanted their kids to come back and be with each other. It was about relationship. So it's important that you discover your it. Because when you discover your it, it's really going to help how you move through the stages because the stages are a roadmap to get you where you need to be with your kids. And so these are the stages. We have the discipline years, which are zero to five years old. We have the training years, which are five to 12 years old. The coaching years, which are 12 to 18. And then the friendship years, 18 plus. And so the first stage is the discipline stage. This is the stage that Carlos and I find ourselves with Charlie. It's the what stage, right? How many of you guys would identify this is the stage where I'm at, my kids are zero to five? Yeah, how many of you guys are so glad that stage is over and you don't have to do with it anymore? Okay, a lot more hands for that one. Um, but see, um, <laughs> I, I think, you know, when we, um, Charlie went through this phase where she was, you know, biting a lot, like a lot. And so I asked a few parents, like, hey, what do you do? How did you get your kids to stop biting? Because, like, mine loves it. And so they said, well, you know, when she bites, bite them back. And I was like, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. But thanks, you know. And then someone else said, oh, just say ouch and then tell them no. 
you know, and I was like, okay. And then another one said, oh, just put jalapeno in their mouth. I'm like, oh, not comfortable with that one either, but thank you so much. So creative. Guys, people are creative. Um, but um, when we went for her checkup, her neurologist, I said, hey, I really need your help. Like, my child just is, like, keeps doing this, and I want to be able to help her correct it. And he said, okay, well, you can try this thing that, that might work. And it worked for me. He said, but when, when she bites, and you guys are playing, if it's the middle of playing and she's biting you, what you do is you turn your face away from her, you lose eye contact, and you say, and you come back and you say, no, we don't bite. He's like, and the point is that he went to explain that children, especially children with high social motivation, which that is so Charlie, not having that contact will help them know that there's a consequence for their behavior. Like there's a consequence for the action that you chose to do. And that is what kids need to learn in the discipline stage, that actions have consequences, both good and bad. And you know this, children act childish because they're children, they're supposed to, right? So you wanna correct childish behavior, but Disciplining for every little thing gets exhausting. So you get to decide what you will discipline for. What will you discipline for? And the authors of the book, they decided on three non-negotiables, and they call it the three Ds. They would discipline their kids whenever they were disobedient. So disobedience for disrespect or dishonesty. And they say the discipline needs to start early and it needs to be consistent and the consequences in these years need to be immediate. I remember um, my mom, I, you know, would just come to the United States from, from Guatemala and I was just so excited to like be in a new place and my mom gave me what was my first experience with like a stick of gum, like fruity juice, like I think that's what it was called or something like that, but like she gave one to me and she gave one to my brother. And, you know, I was, like, so happy chewing my gum. And I was like, wow, this is really good. But then after a while, it kind of lost the flavor. So I was like, I want more. But I know if I ask for more, I'm probably not going to get more. So I just went into my mom's purse and grabbed another stick and put it in my mouth. And so here I am chewing. I don't know how my mom thought to think to go to her purse and check her gum. I have no idea. But she decides, like, oh, there's a piece of gum missing. So she calls me and my brother over, and she says, um, like, there's a gum missing. Who took it? Or do you know what happened to it? And I was like, no, I, I didn't take it, knowing full well that I'd taken it, right? And then my brother's like, I didn't take it. Mom's like, okay, you both are going to get it if you don't tell me. My brother's like, but I didn't take it. And I was like, I didn't take it either, you know? And um, she said, okay, well, you pull out your, show me your gum, pull out your gum. And I was like, oh, and I swallowed it. I was like, I am not about to be found out. Because you know what happens and what's tempting for kids is we want, kids want to protect themselves. They don't want to be found out. It's the same thing with adults in any relationship. We don't want to be found out. You know, we want to self-protect. We don't, we don't want to expose ourselves. Um, but one of the things that my mom decided early on that she would discipline for is dishonesty. So that day, I got my discipline. And um, I uh, hopefully still have the gum processing through my intestines somehow. But anyway. <laughs> but, but discipline needs to be consistent, and it needs to be prompt in this age specifically. 
Like this is when it needs to happen right away, immediate. Um, and then one thing that we need to remember too is that we not only like discipline when they don't get um, these three non-negotiables or whatever non-negotiables that you are gonna decide on, but you're also gonna celebrate when they choose to do those things, when they choose obedience, when they choose honesty, when they choose respect, celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. Because what gets rewarded gets repeated. So you want to be able to celebrate and encourage them in that journey. Um, and I want to remind you, because I think it's necessary to, to, um, to remember this, that discipline does not equal punishment. Discipline does not equal punishment. See, Andy Stanley asks, what should the goal of discipline be? And he says, discipline makes a person better. Punishment just makes the person careful so that they don't get caught next time. The goal of discipline is restoration of relationship. So when someone disobeys and is dishonest or disrespect, it damages the relationship. It damages a relationship. So what you want to do is you want to discipline your kids in the direction of relationship. So how can that relationship bridge be built again? And this is where you get to trust the Holy Spirit to lead you. Jesus said, I've got a way, but I am going to leave you a helper. Because he knew we needed help at every season of our lives. So you and I can trust the Holy Spirit to help us in those moments where we don't know how to restore something, a relationship that's been broken. And see, um, the next stage is the training years. And this is 5 to 12 years old. And this is the why behind the what. The goal is to help your kids gain the skills and values they need to succeed. So this is where you're going to train while you explain. You want to give them the why. You want to help them understand. And this is where you get to impress on your kids to love God and to love people. You get to nurture a love for God and others in the hearts of kids. That's what we get to do. And so a good response that they suggest when your kids mess up, right? Because sometimes when your kids mess up, or how about when you mess up on your own? What is your response to yourself when you mess up? Somebody has to go beep because, you know, that response was a little too, little too rated R, right? But, you know, our response when our kids mess up, we should train ourselves to be like, oh, no. Oh, no, you messed up. Oh, no, you hit your brother, you know? And one of the things that, that I love that the author says is that we should side with our kids. We should side with them because that's what God did for us. It says when we were still sinners... He died for us. He sided with us and advocated on our behalf. And it's our job as parents to advocate for our kids, to side with our kids, but say, oh, no, you hit your brother, so there's a consequence for that. But I love you, and we're going to work this out. I'm not going to take offense against you, but I'm going to help you correct this. So we want to be able to teach our kids oh no, and re respond in that way. And a good strategy also to have during this training years is the practices and redos. What do you want, your, if you want your kids to learn to eat in public, then you need to train in private. 
You need to train in private what you want your kids to do in public. So this is a lot of opportunity for you to make it into a game or for you to have them redo it and practice it again. Um, and remember, this is the most important thing. It's not what you say, it's how you live. What are you modeling for your kids? It's like this parent that used to tell his kid while he was smoking a cigarette, don't smoke, don't ever smoke. Like, you can say it all you want, but you know that kids are really good at mirroring, so what they see modeled is what they're gonna learn. So just know that what you live, how you live really matters. And then the next stage is the coaching years, and this is 12 to 18 years of age, and this is the how. So we got the what, the why, and this is the how. This is where you need to be a student of your kid. Discover what they were meant to be, not what you would like them to be. But discover what did God create them to be. And what makes the coaching stage difficult is that you get to stand on the sidelines while your kids are making independent choices. You get to cheer them on. You get to point them. And like a good coach, there's going to be times you're going to have to pull them out of the game and be like, no. Like, or you're going to have to yell, the goalie's the other way. Run the other way, right? Like you get to coach your kids, but you cannot make the play for them. You cannot score the goalie for them. You just got to cheer them on um, and let them do it for themselves. And you know, one of the important things to remember about this stage is you want to connect more than you correct. You want to connect more than you correct. You want to keep them confiding and trusting in you. So cultivate an environment where they feel safe. Shanti Fellin in, in, in the book, um, she says this, for, for parents only, it's what the book is called. She advises, don't freak out, especially in the stage. Whether what your kid shares is really good or not so good, just don't freak out. Don't show any strong emotion in either direction. So we got to practice our poker face. I know I got to start practicing now because I show it all in my face. So I got to start practicing, okay, poker face. Like, don't, don't let Charlie see that I'm shocked by this um, when she gets to that age, right? So don't freak out. Don't, don't, you know, and one of the things that I love that I've seen, because um, one of the things that I get to do, um, even before Charlie came along, is I got to observe and I got to pastor families and I got to see how they parented. And one of the, um, one of the examples that I want to share is um, Angela and Abby. Like, I love that I was at their house one day while she was getting home from school. And the first thing that Abby wants to do when she gets home from school, she just wants to unload her day with her mom and just share. And that's a good, good thing to do. You want to be able to have your kids confide in you. Keep them talking. Keep the conversation going. Ask questions. Don't lecture. Don't say, oh, you did what? You know, like just, just, just keep the conversation going. Keep on asking questions. Um, and one thing that I think it's so good, and I, and I got to see one of the parents at Evergreen do, is don't bail. Let them fail. It was a youth group night, and one of the girls um, I guess, ran into another student, and, and, and the student said, I don't want to be here. There's friction. I'm going to call my mom to pick me up. So she called her mom. Mom, I need you to pick me up. And I love the mom's like, I love you. You said you wanted to commit to a youth group, so I'm going to leave you there, and you need to figure out how to solve this. Ask your pastors for help, but I'm not going to pick you up. You're going to stay there. 
And I was like, hats off to you, mom. Like, that's amazing. Usually parents be like, okay, let me go pick you up right now. No, you got to let them fail. Um, don't bail them out. Um, and then the next stage is the friendship years. And this is 18 plus. And this is where you get to reap the harvest that you sowed into the lives of your kids. And I want to share that all these stages are supposed to help you navigate the tumultuous parenting journey. And I hope they do. But I want to remind you again, if the best helper that you have as a child of God is his Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit that's there to help us. And you know, and I love that one of the things that, 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 that Paul writes in Corinthians is to honor one another, to honor others. Love doesn't dishonor. And one of the things that I got to do and that you get to do, and maybe you're here and you're listening to me and you're like, man, like, it's too late for me or, you know, I did not go through any of those stages or my parents got stuck in one stage. Like, I, I get it. You know, one of the things that I'm constantly asking the Lord for healing and restoration and one of the things that I got to do on my wedding day is I got to honor my father. And I remember when I asked him, like, Dad, like, I want you to walk me down the aisle. And he was like, no, I can't do that. I was like, why? He's like, I've not been a good dad to you. You know, there was a time where my mom and my dad separated for a few years, so they weren't together. So, And my dad made a mistake that made me lose my respect in him. So he lost a little bit of influence over my life because of his mistake. But I knew that what I wanted to do was to honor him on my wedding day. And so I said, Dad, like, I know that you are just being the best dad that you could be to me. It would be an honor for me to have you walk me down the aisle. I said, and there's a dance that I want you to do with me. And my dad um, has a very bad limp because he got shot in his leg when he was young. So he was like, uh, no, I am not dancing in front of everybody with my limp. And I was like, Dad, it would mean the world to me. And you know, I chose a song in Spanish, and I wish I had it queued up, but I don't. But um, by Pepe Aguilar. But this song just talks about the father and daughter relationship. And remember when I heard it, I was like, well, not all the song is true about me and my dad. But I said, but I'm going to prophetically dance to this and speak this over his life. And this is going to be my way of honoring him in front of our friends and family. And I know that for some of us, our relationships with our parents or maybe our relationship with our kids there's been a brokenness in their relationship. Their relationship needs to be restored. Maybe you're hearing for the first time that discipline is about leading them to restoration of relationship. I want to invite you with, with God. You know what I've learned? That God is the redeemer of our yesterdays. That God is the redeemer of relationships. So that you would trust him in whatever season of your life you're in. Whether you're in one of these stages or maybe you're trying to figure out the friendship stage now with your kid. Whatever it is that you would invite Jesus. And you would trust the Holy Spirit to lead you to restore that relationship. See, because in those moments where you're feeling vulnerable and exposed, and I would like the worship team to join me here, know that you are not alone. But the God, God has called you into community. God has called you into this season. You're here, and you, God placed you as a parent 
for that for a reason. He's placed you in that family. And, and I want to shout out single moms or single parents, single dads. You are not alone. Parenting is not supposed to be done on your own. We're here. This is a community of faith. We are your family. We'd love to walk in this journey with you. And grandma and grandpa, allow God to use your influence with your kids. That is something, a gift that God has given you, so allow him to use that influence. And then the, the verse, the last part of the verse says, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. So what is this symbolism showing? It's saying that everything you are seeing and everything you are doing, because a lot of what we do is with our hands, right? So tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them between your eyes. Everything you are seeing and everything you are doing, let it be guided by this prayer. Everything you see and everything you do, that the words of this prayer are meant to guide the vision and action of every moment of the life of God's people. And you get to train your kids and teach them to love God and to love people with all they have. But it's not just on a Sunday morning. But it's Monday through Sunday at home when they see you at work. It's how you answer your phone. It's how you invite them in. How you live, what you model, your kids are learning. Would you close your eyes right there where you are? And I want you to have a moment to invite God if there is a need for restoration in your relationship, maybe with your parents or maybe with your children. Maybe the way your parents disciplined you, traumatized you more than it helped you. Do you allow the Holy Spirit right now to bring restoration, to bring healing? And Lord, we pray. We pray that by your Spirit, we would be empowered to live out a life that loves others, that honors others. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not proud. Love honors others. So, Lord, I pray that you would help us to honor one another in our relationship, especially in our relationship with our children and with our parents. And, Lord, I pray where there has been condemnation, that we would know that for those that are in Christ, there is now no condemnation, that you are the one that has forgiven us. And that you are the one that is able to redeem and restore. So God, we ask that you would help us. That wouldn't be on our own strength. That we would live out and act out with our hands and the vision of our life, God. 
being guided and led by the love of God and love of others. So help us, Lord. Help us where we need a restoration of relationship. And in those moments where we get exposed, especially as parents, we would rely on your grace. That we would say, God, man, I'm still getting angry at that. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Can't do this without you. I want to invite you with your eyes closed. If you're a parent in the room. And you're just wanting God to help you in this journey. Right there where you are, just put your hands in front of you. Like you're receiving something, like you're receiving help. You would say, God, I, I need your help. Lord, in the mistakes that I've made, would you redeem? Would you bring healing? Would you bring restoration? And would you help me honor? God, you are the perfect parent. Thank you for siding with us. Thank you for dying with us when we were still sinners. Lord, I pray that you would help every parent that is needed of your help today. And Lord, we ask that in this journey, we would trust your leading, your guidance. Give us wisdom, wisdom beyond our ears to know how to respond to trust you to respond with grace because that's what you do you hold your hands wide open after the biggest mistake has been made and you embrace and you love like you did the prodigal son so i pray that we would respond with grace even when we've been sinned against god And now I want to invite, with your eyes closed, if there's anybody in here in this room or joining us online, and you've not made a decision to follow Jesus, maybe you've not um, known that he loves you and that he died for you on the cross, that he sided with you, and today you want to choose to follow him, choose to put your faith in Jesus right there where you are if that's you and that's the decision that you want to make today would you look up at me so that I can agree with you God loves you and he is for you he is siding with you yeah just look up at me right where you are I just want to agree with you and say thank you God for that decision. Thank you, God. You are so good. So, Lord, we trust you and we love you, and we are so grateful for you. You are good, 
and it is because you are good that we can keep trusting you day by day. Can you say amen? Amen. Can we applaud the Lord because he is good? Now I want to invite you right where I would you stand as we get ready to get going. Ooh, that was loud. Someone's ready to go cheer on. Cheer on. you know, want to learn and be part of a parenting group, you can still register. Today's the last day to register. It starts next Sunday. We would love for you to be a part of that. That is something you want to do. You go to ecc4.org or you can go talk to Natalia out in the lobby. We love you. We believe in you. Go Chiefs! Be blessed! <laughs>